What a week it's been. Oh, my God. Sorry, Susie. Just before we start, let me put on my glasses. Oh, they're not glasses. It's a sports broadcast award. We are very excited to tell you the Big Kick Energy won Best Sports Podcast at the prestigious Broadcast Sports Awards last week. Unreal. Unreal. We only started in August for the Women's World Cup and now we are Sports Podcast of the Year. Incredible. Do you know, it took me 10 years to win an award in comedy. <laughs> it turns out... No, Susie, it took you working with Maisie Adam to get us. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out I should have been working with you all along and I've exactly. missed my true calling in life. Exactly. Which is being a sports broadcaster. Do you think there's a do you think there's a, a slight worry we've peaked too soon? Like what if the only way is down now? The only way is down. Yeah. Well the one hit wonders of podcasting. Yeah, I think we should retire now. Let's retire while we're on top. Uh, thanks for listening and goodbye. <laughs> joking we're not gonna stop we're never stopping no no we're gonna be going for the greatest hits welcome to the award-winning big kick energy i mean i'm very excited to be a broadcaster how are you feeling i'm feeling like a broadcaster that's that that's it i mean we we joked didn't we when we got nominated we joked that we're broadcasters but now we're actually award-winning broadcasters and we beat some biggies oh. i mean if you, it was all of the sports podcasts could be up for it all of the big boys were there. All of the big boys. And none of the big boys won, just the two good girls. Exactly. But we um we couldn't go. No. So we sent... We were meant to send both our partners, but your uh, lovely wife, Alice, couldn't go. No. So it ended up being my husband, Mike, and my mum. And fair to say, they weren't prepared. For, I mean, they're very supportive. Sure. But they weren't prepared for us to win either. No. It, it, it was a surprise for everyone, I think, wasn't it? Yes, a video was doing the round somewhere on Twitter afterwards of my mum and Mike being interviewed post-win. And I've never seen two people look more, like, unexpectedly put in that position. My mum adopted a voice that my brother and I are only used to hearing when we're in trouble. We call it her PE teacher voice from when she would teach PE. And it's like a voice that isn't hers, but what she thinks assumes authority. Oh. I don't know if you've seen this video, Suze, but she, she doesn't refer to us as Maisie and Susie. She doesn't refer to us as as Goosey and Pacey. She doesn't even refer to us as two comedians. What we get... Or broadcasters. Or broadcasters. What we get was two young individuals. I just love that I'm young. Well, yeah, that's a, that's a bonus for you, isn't it? You were delighted a with it. A real bonus. A real Brucey bonus. Where were you, Maze? Why couldn't you attend? Oh, thank you so much for asking. I was actually... This is a mad sentence to say. I'm going to say it. When I found out that I had won sports podcast of the year at the broadcasting awards i was in the middle of a lucha libre wrestling ring in mexico city with jill scott micah richards and jamie redknapp uh i had to take my mask off to read the text from you (laughs) what did jamie redknapp say was he happy for us he was delighted honestly what was so lovely is like i'd said that we were up for this award but I didn't, you know, I wasn't expecting to win. And then when read it out, literally, they all came over and gave us a hug. But we were all wearing masks and capes and very <laughs> tight lycra. So there was a oh. there was a bit of squeaking going on when we came together for a hug. Oh, nice. Yeah. Where were you? Well, I was precisely 5,511 miles away from you. I was on stage in Basingstoke, or as some call it, Amazingstoke. I, I came off stage to a very exciting text message. Were you wearing a cape and mask on stage as well? 
well, you've seen my show. Of course I was. <laughs> you know, I'll only do stand up in a cape and a mask. That's, that is her rider. When she goes on tour, there's no biscuits, <laughs> no tea. It's just a lycra mask and a cape. But can I just tell listeners the exciting thing that happened to me the next day? Please do. I was in the car on my way to Peterborough and I was like, oh, Maisie's FaceTiming me, but she's in Mexico. I opened my FaceTime. Who was it? Jill Scott FaceTimed me <laughs> to say, oh, hello, Susie. I was like, hello, Jill Scott. I feel like I need to full name her. <laughs> hello, Jill. Hello. Well, hello, Jill. It's got to uh, be done. It's got to be it's done. It's got to be done. And, and she said, oh, I just wanted to call you to say congratulations on winning your Sports Broadcast Award. And I was like, oh, thanks very much, um, Jill. Thanks very much. I really appreciate that, Jill. Uh, Miss Person. Uh, and then she put the camera around to you. Were you drunk when she phoned me? No, it was three in the afternoon and we were filming. I was just giddy that we'd won. Three in the afternoon. That does not confirm to me that you weren't drunk. I wasn't. There was no Aperol spritzes had. Well, let me tell you. Jill turned the phone around to show me Maisie. And Maisie was just dancing by herself in a town square. I was giddy off the win. I was giddy that Jill Scott was FaceTiming you and I knew that you'd freak out. I was excited. Yeah, I did freak out. I did freak out. But also, Jill did tell me that you said to her it was all because of you that we won. No, no, I think your phone was breaking up. And that you came up with the idea for the podcast, that it was all down to you, that you put in more work. Do you know what? I think that's that dodgy connection that happens sometimes when you FaceTime someone from another country and another call ends up getting involved. I think think it must have been that. Oh, is is that what happened? Yeah. God, what a coincidence that they were also called Maisie and Susie. Well, they're very popular names (laughs) these days, aren't they? Uh, it was very um, exciting. We oh, we're over the moon, aren't we, mate? We're chuffed to bits. Thank you so much to like everybody who's ever listened and and shared the podcast and written in to say how much they enjoy it. It's honestly like just to just to be a, a little bit melty for one minute. I promise it won't last longer than that. It's genuinely lovely to have done this podcast with like a really really good pal. And we've we've laughed loads. And it also, I think in that room, especially like Mike sort of said this when he came back, it was like that room was full of people who've been around football for years and are big football in names. And what was what's different about this is that it brings so many new people into the world of football. So thank you for 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 coming in on this journey. It's it's been such a laugh and such a pleasure. You're welcome, Maisie. Okay, let's go. Um, on with- I was saying thank you to the listeners, not you. <laughs> Like you're, get on? you're very much a side a sideman here. <laughs> now listen, we can't just chat about being award winners all day. We can't do that. Well, can we can can we very quickly in a, in a spot? You know how we normally do the the scores in our broadcaster yes. voice. I think you should read in your broadcasting voice what the judges said oh, about our podcast. Okay, great. Here we go. The winning podcast was described by judges as being so positive and energetic. A nice concept, well executed. There's a quote for the poster. Get it on the poster. When I go on tour, it's just going to say, a nice concept, <laughs> well executed. Mine's just gonna, I'm just going to have positive. <laughs> I think that's really cool. Though. You know, when next, next time somebody goes, how would you describe yourself? You should absolutely go, I would describe myself as a nice concept, <laughs> well executed. The concept Maisie Adam. It's such weird judge speak. Who talks like that? Judges. Judges' houses. <laughs> Do we know who the judges were? Was it Simon and Sunita? Simon, Sunita, Louis Walsh and Cheryl Cole. It was those guys. Oh, that does have Cole written all over it, doesn't it? That does have, that's, that's got a, a flavour of Fernandez Vecini. A nice concept, well executed. A nice concept, well executed. <laughs> that was majority. 
Oh. You're welcome. Susie, what other awards have you won? Because I've, I've got the trophy here. I've been told that we're going to get a trophy each rather than... I thought it was going to yes. be a bit like, you know, when you were a kid and... Did your school do this where they had a hamster and you got to take it home for the weekend? No, no, we didn't. Absolutely insane that my school used to do this when I think about it. But at one point when we were in like year five, they got a hamster and you took it in turns to take it home. So I thought this was going to be on a similar sort of custodial deal. Like you had it one weekend, I had it another weekend. For the moment, it is on my shelf alongside a Chortle Award and the Richard Osman House of Games trophy. That's a goodie. That's a good one, that one. What about your Newcomer Award? Oh, my Newcomer Award is there. Thanks for putting that one in there, Suze. I didn't, I didn't want to say it in case it sounded like I was gloating, but it is there. And didn't you win So You Think You're Funny as well? Yeah, but you don't get an award for that. They just send you to Canada for a week. Oh, well, that's nice. I'll put the plane ticket up there. Oh, that's a nice thing to do. Uh, what have I got? I also have a Chortle Award, but my cat knocked it off my shelf. Uh, so she she doesn't respect oh. the Chortle Awards. And that's it. Have you That's not got it. any dancing awards? I feel like you'll defo have some tap dancing awards somewhere in there. No, Maze, the thing you've got to remember is I'm a great tap dancer for a comedian. Oh. But for a tap dancer, I'm not a great tap dancer. I am absolutely mediocre. Oh, oh, okay. Even when you were a kid? Even when I was a kid. It could never have been my job. Oh. I mean, I'm pretty good, don't get me wrong, but it couldn't have been my job. The biggest award I've won that I didn't want to win was in year four, it was Bring Your Pet to School Day. And they did an award for like dressing up as your as your pet, like as in who who looks the most like the pet. And this girl called Ellen won first because she dressed up all spotty like a Dalmatian, and she had a Dalmatian. And then second place was somebody who'd put rabbit ears on and had painted their nose pink, and they won second. Yeah. And then I was there just watching the awards being given out with my dog, which was a black Labrador called Murphy. And then I won third place. And you hadn't tried to look like him? No, I was dressed in jeans and a T-shirt. But was he wearing jeans and a T-shirt? No, obviously I hadn't dressed my black Labrador in jeans and a T-shirt. Jeans and a nice top. <laughs> Just Murphy the black lab with a, with a clutch. <laughs> and one of those Diamante belts. Yeah, exactly. That were all the rage at that time. Exactly. No, I wasn't happy about that one. But anyway, anyway, we'll move on. <laughs> Saturday the 4th of November. Oof. Chelsea 6. Aston Villa nil. Oh, oh God. this game was... Did you watch? Did you watch the highlights? I watched the highlights because I was still in Mexico at the time. This is a, a humdinger of a result, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, Chelsea absolutely smashed them. And it could have been more, Suze, because Kirby actually had an offside goal. Yeah, that's right. Unbelievable. Six goals for Chelsea and six different goal scorers. Literally. They were like, yeah, I'll have a go now. I'll have a go. My turn. Yeah. I want to be like, this is amazing for Chelsea. And obviously it is. It's great to see players like Fran Kirby playing at the height of their level. She also hit the bar as well, which I saw. Like, unreal. And great. I'm really enjoying watching Neve Charles at the moment. We'll talk about how fantastic Chelsea are. We know how fantastic Chelsea are. But Villa, they cannot catch a break, can they? Not at all. I really feel for them. And it must be really demoralising. It must be awful. I know we always take it back to comedy, but that's what we know. But it's like when you know it's a tough room and you're like, I've got to do another hour. 
Yeah, yeah. I'm just going to have yeah. to keep going. And it's like, I can't even really put my finger on what they're doing wrong. Like, they look strong every time they're coming out. But they are rock bottom of the WSL. No points mm-hmm. at all, having played and lost all five games. Yeah, but, you know, one game at a time. They finished ninth last year and there's 17 games left. Well, that's true. So it's still a long way to go. That's true. And you know what as well, Suze? Like, when Millie Bright scored... She didn't really celebrate immediately. And I was like, oh, I think, because no. you know she's really good friends with Rachel Daly. Again, to, to bring it back to our world, that is like when you're gigging on a lineup with a really good mate and you have an absolute humdinger of a gig and your mate smashes it. And you're like, oh God, obviously we can laugh and joke about it, but also this is so mortifying for me. Is that why you won't gig with me? Shut up. Because I just smash it too hard. Yeah, that's that's definitely it. Listen, I'm doing your gig next week. Do you want me there or not? What gig? Oh, my charity gig. Yeah, you are. It's next month, but thanks. Oh. Um, okay. I mean, I may need to reschedule. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> now, it took Chelsea to the top. Yeah. But it was it was overshadowed, wasn't it, by the sudden news that manager Emma Hayes will be leaving the club at the end of the season. I did not see this coming at all. But the rumours. Have you heard the rumours? Well, this is it. Is So again, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm going to be clanging probably intermittently throughout this episode. But I have just come back from filming for a week with the icon that is Jill Scott. So it's going to be peppered with a few of those. Oh my God, you haven't mentioned those. that. Or put it on social media. Stop it. But when it came through, <laughs> Jill's literally like initial reaction was, I reckon America. And I was like, really? Like that was the first thing she said. I don't know if like you've just got like a sixth sense maybe if you're from that world. But like, she she said right. immediately she was like oh she'll go and coach the American team I was like and then it it's pretty much all but confirmed now isn't it well they they've been without a manager haven't they yes and it's a big job but I suppose a little bit of me thought Chelsea have been so dominant throughout the WSL now that the the, the women's game in this country is getting even bigger not to discredit the the previous successes but we've spoken a lot about how other teams now are kind of catching up in terms of the profile level and the investment and the players that are being bought could this be you know the next few years the hardest that that Chelsea have had to face I thought that might be a bit of a, a challenge Emma Hayes wanted to to take on but also the women's national team, that's a that's a bigger that's a it's not it's no easy job, is it? No, and I think like I mean, is that gonna come with a massive check? It's it's hard to say, isn't it? I feel like there's so much in the men's game, the money is just so openly talked about that you go like like mm. obviously we've seen all of this stupid stuff of men going over to Saudi Arabia to play there. Mm-hmm. And anybody that even tries to pretend that it's for any other reason is laughed off because we all know the money you're getting for going to Saudi Arabia. Yeah. This doesn't really happen in the women's game. We're not really sure if like when somebody goes to another country, are they doing it for money, for merit, for the sunshine, for like we don't know. I mean, it's an exciting time for Emma Hayes. And like what more could she really do at Chelsea? Well, that's true. That's true. If you've had a dominant a display, maybe you're a bit sick of winning and you'd like to sort of have a bit of a bit more of a challenge on, on the national scale. And also, like, the US have been so dominant for ages. But let's be honest, they, they didn't have a good World Cup. They're not in a great, no. you know, position at the moment. Uh, a quick Google says that the previous US manager, Suze, was on 1.3 mil. Is that going to be more than what she's done at Chelsea? I would guess so. I would guess so. Fair play. Fair play. 1.3 mil to move to America. You wouldn't even have to ask me twice. I'd be on the plane straight away. I'd be halfway <laughs> through the first movie on the plane. Shall we do match day five results? Yes, go for it. Sunday, 5th of November. Arsenal women two, Man City one. Liverpool two, Leicester City one. 
Tottenham 1, Everton 1, West Ham women 2, Bristol City women 3, Brighton 2, Man United 2. I've still not recovered from that game, Sue. I mean the Brighton game. Oh, our beloved Seagulls. They were so close. They were so close and they were so dominant. They were so good. Oh, my God. I got in and basically turned the TV on straight away. But I'll be honest, forgetting that it was on. And then I was like, oh, my God, it's on live now. Incredible to see the Broadfield so packed out. Big up everybody who went down to watch uh, Seagulls play United. Just so frustrated. They were 1-0 up when I joined the game. Then there was that equaliser from Ella 2, which was an absolute belter. It really was, wasn't it? Then Brighton go up again and you're thinking, oh my God, it was like the, I was watching that clock going down, 87th minute, 88th minute, extra time. There was only meant to be three minutes of extra time and they scored in the final minute. Oh, it was so frustrating. But it was, I was really proud of them. Yeah. I mean, it was, uh, Izzy, Izzy Christensen was doing the punditry afterwards mm-hmm. and she said, she was like, it'll feel like a loss and it did because they so deserve to win. Yeah. But. It was such impressive play from the from the Brighton side. It really was. And to get two past Mary Queen of Stops. Yeah, I mean, she'd been uh, pressed, hadn't she? There was she a really lot had, of, yeah. She'd, I think before that, that second goal from Brighton, she'd had to do like three absolute belter saves. Yeah. So it felt like they were knocking and it was an inevitable. Yes, it really uh, feels like that but, sometimes, doesn't it? It's like, come on. Yeah. Come on, it yeah. almost, almost. But yeah, well done to our beloved Seagulls. Do you not think, Suze, it must be so hard being a goalkeeper and not getting back on the bus at the end and being livid with everyone? Well, talking of goalkeepers, should we talk about the Man City game? Oh, yeah. Because yes. this was, I mean, poor Kiara Keating, City's oh. goalie. She made a brilliant penalty save in the first half. Yeah. But that's second Arsenal goal. She's a new lioness, isn't she? She's made yeah, it into the, into the, the, the lioness team. Yeah, because I'm following her and I was really moved by like her putting up all of her clips yeah. of training and stuff, being like so excited to get the call up. So I feel like I know her, even though, of course, I don't. But then she came out of her area and misjudged the flight of the ball and the ball just went over her head. And then Blackstenius ran with the ball and the goal was just wide open. Oh, God. It's, it, it sucks, doesn't it, being a goalkeeper, I, I yeah. think. Oh, worth pointing out, she's only 19. Oh, God. But, and, and it must be, those moments must be ones that you get, when you get back from the game and you get into bed that night, you are just playing it over and over and over, over in your head. Over and over. It must have been so gutting for her. And at the end of the match, did you see she was crying? Oh, God. I, I don't I don't blame it. Like, I think being a keeper is easily one of the hardest ones because you're yeah. so isolated and on your own and you're either hero or zero, aren't yeah. you? People are so quick to blame keepers, forgetting that the ball yeah. has got to have made it through all of your all midfield, past your defence. Yep. Like, it's so frustrating. And, and and when you do it right and you save a penalty like Kiara did, like Earps did in the final, yep. you are this absolute hero. Hero. But then when it gets all the way down the field and it, you're the one left there and you you, you you let it go and all in Keating's scenario, you, you make an error. An error that every yeah. 19-year-old is surely going to make if they're being a keeper. Oh, It's just course. that it costs them that game. An absolute nightmare. Oh, I know I could never be a goalkeeper, Suze. I'm too no. emotional. I'm too no. emotional. And also, you know, when I said, like, it's got to get past all the midfield, got to get past your defenders. You know, when sometimes they make a save. You see Mary Earps do this. She's very expressive. When she makes a save, you then have a right pop at your players going, 
Yeah. Come on. What you are know, you doing? Wake, wake up. Get yourself together. Stop giving it like stop. Stop leaving it all to me. I don't know if I could get back on a bus that evening and be like, oh, well done, everyone. Never mind. I'd be like living. You. You should have been there. You. You should have done this. I think I'd get an Uber. Yeah, that's this is why we couldn't be goalkeepers. We're too we're like we're stand up comedians. We're used to working on our own. Yeah, we we don't like it if other people have let it down. So like we would be if we were goalkeepers, we'd be getting Ubers back. <laughs> now uh, Liverpool two, Leicester City one. Leicester's still having a good start to the season, but they did concede two goals to Liverpool, pushing Liverpool to fourth in the WSL. And it now means that Leicester have lost back-to-back games, having been undefeated in their first three. They had such a good start. Yeah, they really did. I'm worried that us winning the Sports Broadcast Podcast of the Year award is us doing a Leicester. No, we're we not doing a Leicester. Really we're good. doing a Chelsea. We're going to get all of them, mate. Going to get all of them. Going to okay. get all the silverware. Okay, good. Absolutely. Great game, though. Really great game. Really exciting to watch. It's the Reds' first win against Leicester in three attempts. So nice of them to finally bag that win. I think I think both both those sides showing proper signs of improvement this season. Obviously, both those clubs very close to relegation last year. I think it's put a bit of a, a spark up the bum bum. Am I allowed to say that? <laughs> I think you can say that. <laughs> yeah, I think it has put a spark up their bum bum. Should we talk about the Tottenham-Everton game? Who are the Toffees? Toffees are Everton. I think it's some historical reason. I think there's a Toffee factory there. Historical reason. Right, yeah. okay. Because I, I heard it on the uh, commentary. It can be quite annoying, that one, isn't it? That that can be quite exclusive, actually, when they're like, the Toffees came against the Foxes, who had previously lost to the yeah. Saints. And you're like, what are we talking about? <laughs> Mike was telling me this morning that my beloved Leeds United, because we've got new owners who are American, they might be changing yeah. our emblem, like our logo, to the Peacocks, which is what we used to be known as like a century ago. And apparently the reason that they want to change it back to the Peacocks is so that we're known as the Peacocks because currently, if you don't say Leeds United, what we're referred to sometimes is the Whites. And I don't think that's going to be standing up for much longer, is it? Rooting for the Whites no, is not the a good look in my... 2023. No, no. And and rightly so. Yeah. I was So Mike was like, I think they're going to change it back to the Peacocks. And I was like, no, I hate change. And then he explained it. And I was like, oh, now I have to be really for the change. I love change. <laughs> So it was uh, one all, uh, the Tottenham and Everton game. Yep. Grace Clinton, another new lioness, put Spurs in front with a header, which just sort of quite lucky, I thought. Yeah, it was it was it was um, like a sort of hair flick header, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah. And Aurora Galli and Everton a draw in the 85th minute with a penalty. I love a penalty. I love it. Me too. Again, a time where I'd hate to be a goalie. 85th minute. You've done 85 minutes of excellent saves, excellent play from your team. And then in the 85th minute, there's a blooming penalty. Oh, what a letdown. But Spurs can't be too disgruntled by it all. They're third in the league. They've remained unbeaten this season. They're looking good. They're looking good. They are. i tell you who else had a good game. Bristol City. And I don't oh. mind telling you, I'm happy to see it. Big up Bristol City. You like them, don't Big you, Big up Suze? Bristol City. Well, I just love the underdog. Yeah, yeah. 
great to see. Great to see a result like this. They were promoted, weren't they, this season into the WSL. It's the first time they've been in the WSL. And it's just lovely to see them get their first win of the season in a really good match. They were 1-0 down, then 2-1 up before finally winning 3-2, thanks to Brooke Aspin's header. The header. I love it. And it leaves Bristol second from the bottom ahead of the... I mean, I was about to say the pointless Aston Villa, but that sounds like I'm saying they are pointless. Yeah, Aston Villa, who are currently without any points. I'd love that if that was your your football journey. Like, you've really got into it this (laughs) summer, you're really enjoying it. By November, she's going, the pointless Aston Villa. Why are they even here? Yeah, I don't know why they even turned up. No, that's not how I feel. I'm I'm rooting for Aston Villa as well. I'm rooting for everyone. Guys, can't can't we all win? Isn't football just about taking part? Now, we obviously mentioned our beloved Brighton at the top of the show. And last week we put out our interview of Brighton's Katie Robinson. And we asked you to get creative and send us some potential chance. Well, the pick of the bunch was this from Holly Fern. Hi, Pacey and Goosey. Well, what a bloody exciting match between Brighton and Manu this eve. Me and my partner in crime have been coming up with a couple of new rhymes we think you'll be interested in. What about this one for Katie Robinson? Go. And here's to you, Katie Robinson. Brighton loves you more than you will know. Oh, Robbo. That was nice. And we like Like Zagardi. We like, we like Zagardi. We like Zagardi. We like, we like (laughs) Zagardi. All our love from Kiki and Squatty. (laughs) Oh, sensational. Oh, loved it. I love them both. Loved it. Um, yeah, huge fans. Thank you so if much. If we see you at the Brighton game, say hello, please. Oh, right. Hi. Kiki and Spotty. Um, I don't know if I want to know the reasons behind those nicknames, but Kiki and Spotty, thank you so much <laughs> uh, for that, guys. I loved both of those songs, didn't you, Suze? Huge fan. Huge fan. Big, big fan of that. We like, we like Sagatti. Love that. Also, Kiki and Spotty, I'm going to the Brighton game on the 19th in a couple of weeks at Broadfield, Ooh. so... If we're nearby, should we try and get that going? I feel like let's try and get it going. Is that the Arsenal game? It is indeed. Oh my god, that'll be amazing. Yes, get those going. I've got to say also, I'm I'm already nervous. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too. Well, well, thank you so much for, for Holly for getting in touch with those. We really like hearing your chants. Um, lovely harmonising as well. Talking of feeling nervous, is it squeaky bum time for England's Olympic chances? Oh, God, don't, don't. I've completely forgot about that. Tough, wasn't it, mate? Yeah, that's frustrating, isn't it? It really was. That's very, very frustrating, that game. And now we're left with basically, I think, I was trying to like work it out with what we need to happen. I think we need for Scotland to get no more than a draw. We need to absolutely batter the Netherlands. We're there, so they should. They should while we're there. We're yeah. there, yeah, exactly. We'll there. We'll be there with our flag, so that that should definitely help. That should do. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's now very much an uphill struggle, but stranger things have happened, and this is an incredible squad. So let's let's not write it off just yet. We could still be. No, we're not writing it off. Hopefully, we'll make the. Hopefully, we'll be all right for the Olympics. So speaking speaking of the Team GB angle. Uh, very quickly, in other news, yes. the Welsh Adran Premier League, Cardiff City stay top after winning the South Wales derby against Swansea City 1-0. And in the process, they maintain their unbeaten start to the season after seven games. Ooh. Yeah. Meanwhile, in the Scottish Women's Premier League, Rangers stay top by one point ahead of Celtic after beating Spartans 3-1, even though Celtic beat Dundee United 2-0. And a belated huge congrats to the invincible Glentoran women who last 
last month won the Northern Irish Women's Premiership for the third time. Amazingly, they finished the season unbeaten after, are you ready, 18 games with 16 wins and two draws, scoring a phenomenal 101 goals. Unbelievably, somehow... That wasn't the most, as second-place Cliftonville ladies scored 104 goals. Honestly, nobody ever tell me that the women's game isn't ridiculously exciting. That is unreal. 104 goals. Fantastic. Now, we mentioned Emma Hayes earlier on moving potentially to the American national team. In other Emma Hayes news, she's called for more education around body shaming and nutrition and praised her Chelsea forward and lioness, Fran Kirby, for speaking out about it. Did you see about this, Maisie? Yeah, really, really good. In a Chelsea documentary covering Kirby's rehab from a knee injury, Fran said it's become more noticeable that people are getting comments about their weight and there was a fear of carbohydrates in the women's game as they're worried about putting on weight surely you need carbs exactly. to stay on the pitch for 90 minutes yeah in another clip where fran's wearing a jacket over her training kit when asked why she said because i get called fat all the time so i have to cover up it's absolutely heartbreaking i mean any any woman i think living on this planet yeah. has experienced at yeah. some point you know, body shaming or, or has or has felt due to just the, the existent culture we have with our bodies mm-hmm. and the way that we are conditioned to think about them. We're we're very, very hyper conscious of our bodies. But the fact that even in the highest level of club football in a team where you're managed by a woman. I mean, it should be mentioned that in this documentary, Fran Kirby has has said, and has said many times before, what a helpful presence somebody like Emma Hayes has been for mm-hmm. things both on and off the pitch. Yeah. But it's just so frustrating that these problems exist in every single area, even at a level where everybody is clearly a top tier athlete and their weight is being brought into the conversation like it's even relevant but it's it's at the top level of football but also the top level of swimmers track and field athletes gymnasts they've been body shamed over the years one of the most successful athletes ever serena williams yes she was shamed by the new york times yes oh my god of course the new york times can you believe this they said she has large biceps and a mold-breaking muscular frame her rivals could try to emulate her physique but most of them would choose not to how dare they how dare they think it's okay to print that that's insane those large biceps have won like countless Wimbledon championships yeah and Emma Hayes was really quick to praise Fran for speaking out and saying what an important message it was and said how proud she was of Fran for saying that and I think yeah fair play to Fran Kirby because to have to deal with those feelings but then also to deal with it in a very public way will help women yeah she's been right through it as Fran Kirby and then and and let's be honest she does everything and above on the pitch when it's after her so the fact that it even comes into uh, people think for a second it could be relevant is absolutely ridiculous no she's a legend on Um, and off the pitch this is a very polite way of saying shut up absolutely these two broadcasters say shut up yeah shut up losers Leave our friends alone. Yeah. They're not our friends. We've never met them, but we'd absolutely love to. Yeah. And our other friend, Mary Earps, she won an award this week, didn't oh, she? Oh, yes. Let's bring some positivity in, yes, please. Yes, please. She, it was not just us winning awards this week. Oh, come on. <laughs> Mary Earps won a prestigious award thanks to helping the Lioness to the Women's World Cup final in August, keeping three clean sheets and winning the Golden Glove Award. We salute you, Mary, Queen of Stops. She was crowned the Sunday Time Sportswoman of the Year. So well done, Mary. I'm sure she's listening. Amazing. Amazing. A quick story from America, Suze, that I think you might like. Oh, yeah, stateside. I've heard of it. 
You've heard of it. I've heard of it. Uh, it's a fascinating one. Real Housewives of Salt Lake City TV personality Jenny Nguyen apparently spent her life savings <gasps> on opening a bar that only plays women's sports on the screens. And it's brought in almost a million dollars in eight months. You've wow. got to love what she's named the pub, okay? It's called... The sports bra. Yeah, love it. And do you know what? That works for dyslexics because I had to read it twice to realise it said bra. Do you know what? A little bit of me thought she's consulted Susie there. (laughs) You're welcome. Incredible, isn't it? Jenny said, she said, it turns out it's pretty universal, that feeling of being a women's sports fan and going into a public space like a sports bar and having a difficult time finding a place showing a women's game, especially when there are other men's sports playing. Oh, my God, I can relate to this. Yes. The amount of times I've gone into a, a, a pub or, or, or even designated sports bar with sometimes like a national game yeah. being shown. In fact, there's one here in Brighton that is a dedicated sports bar and... I've gone in there before and had to ask them to put one of the screens on one of the World Cup games because when I went in, they were showing a load of like rugby Ugh. and club level men's games. Not the club level. It's so frustrating. Well, I was wondering whether you wanted to um, open a bar together. Oh my God. Imagine if you and I opened a bar together. Pacey and Gooseys. Oh, I'd love that. I'd love that. Do you think it'd take off? And we'd, we'd just show women's sport. Oh, 100%. We do women's sport when it's on and then we'll do comedy when it's not on. Comedy in the evening. We'd have a jukebox that's all show tunes. Oh, we're looking for an investor. Oh, my God. We serve only Aperol spritz, but by the pint. No, no, Maisie. One step no? too far. Oh. You like a pint? I do like a pint. But do you know what I'd love a pint of? Aperol spritz. Aperol spritz. Um, still waiting for that. Still waiting for that sponsor. It's, st- it's not coming. You need to let it go. They are not responding to the calls. Not even a tiny bit. <laughs> We've got some questions this week, Suze. We asked for some questions from our lovely listeners this week. And here are a few. This first one is from Victoria Westlake, who asks, what is the best thing about being into football that's not the actual football game that you didn't expect? This is a good question for you as the rookie. Uh, What would it be, Suze? I think the sense of community. Yeah. I've really loved getting into it. And I've I've loved having a new hobby. A new hobby in your 30s. I love it. I, lo- I love that I know. I love that I'm watching it and I start going, Kirby, bronze. Yeah. Like I know what they look like from the back. It's amazing. Yeah. It's not because I'm reading their shirts. <laughs> Do you know what it is? To be totally honest, I think when your hobby becomes your job. Yeah. Stand-up was my hobby. You know, before I was a professional stand-up. And I've been a pro for quite a long time now. But I didn't really fill it with anything else. Yeah. And now I've got this new hobby that my wife and I are getting into together and we're taking our daughter and we're going with mates. And it's a real event. And yeah, the, the how, how friendly it's been at games and how accessible the football is and that it feels like lots of people are new fans. Yes. And the old the old fans aren't giving them stick for it. Yeah. They're like opening the door and saying, hey, you're welcome here. Come on in. More the merrier. Exactly. That's 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 what it is for me. That's really lovely. This is from Rachel Crowhurst, who said, if you could pick three women players to have dinner with, who would you pick? Ooh, okay. Past and present. Uh, yeah, go on then. Okay, okay. Well, first of all, I'm picking Ella Toon because I think she seems a right laugh. Yeah, I reckon she seems a laugh. Ella Toon is at the dinner table. I think I'd love to invite Kelly Smith because I used yes. to love watching how she played. Yeah. 
Like she was so fast. She was one of the players that got me into the women's game when I watched like that England squad in the 2015 World Cup. I think it was like it was it was Kelly, it was Jill, mm-hmm. and a young Lucy Bronze. I think that was yeah. her first like international tournament. So I think I think Kelly Smith just because I'd have so much that I'd want to ask her. And then oh, do you know? I think I think I'm gonna pick Linda Caicedo. <gasps> Linda's I think lovely I'm feet. Pick Linda's lovely feet. Yeah. Wow. I think so. I was stuck between her or Bunny Shaw. Oh, Bunny Shaw. Really She's, she had a great yeah, game this Bunny week. Yeah, Bunny Shaw is so lovely to watch. She's incredible. I'd be quite interested to know her story a bit more. Mm. But um, I think I'm going to go Ella Toon, Kelly Smith, and oh, Linda Caicedo. But Linda leaves after the main course and I get to have a chat with Bunny Shaw for dessert. I'll allow it. I don't have to ask Linda. Don't make me ask Linda Caicedo to leave. No, you have to. That's the game. Oh, then I'll just, I'll just, I'll just pick Linda Kaiser. <laughs> well, I'll say, Bunny Shaw, come in with me. I'm having dinner over here. Yeah. Don't speak to Maisie. Whenever you meet her, don't speak to her. And then I'd have uh, Millie Bright and Mary Earps because they seem like a laugh. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. Another question here, Suze, from Edge of the Universes. Wow. wow. That's fun. Uh, who asks, what do the players' numbers mean? Is it a position rather than just their favourite number? Yeah, what is this? I don't know this. Yeah, this is interesting because, like, traditionally, back in the day, yeah. the numbers were allocated to a player's position on the field. So, obviously, the goalie would be number one. Yeah. And then the defenders would be numbers two to five, midfield, six, seven, eight. And then the forwards, nine, ten, eleven. You often, even now, hear people go, oh, what they need is a number nine, oh. meaning they need to get a good striker. Oh, right, because Rachel Daly wears nine, doesn't she? Yeah, but obviously, like, sometimes she's playing at the... Running yeah. back, isn't she? When 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 Viegman picks her, so that that's the traditional side mm-hmm. of it. You know, when you hear people refer to the numbers, they mean position. But nowadays, it's influenced by loads of things: favorite numbers, superstitions. Some of them have associations, like obviously the number seven for wingers or second strikers. Like seven now might be picked because people grew up adoring Beckham yeah. or Ronaldo. Yeah. Like I know, like twenty three. I I when I did soccer, I picked twenty three because it was the year twenty twenty three, and I wanted to remember it. Yeah. Like keep the shirt and all of that. But also, I really like twenty three because Alessia Russo plays as twenty three, and then a really good Leeds player who has since left us for Man City, and I'm still not over it. Calvin Phillips played as twenty three. David Beckham played at Real Madrid as the number twenty three, which I think is the reason Alessia Russo. So there's all these weird right. silly reasons. It can go for you. It can go against you. Sometimes, you know, they sometimes they retire the shirt if somebody's <sighs> had such a massive legacy. Like you don't then pick that shirt. I was on on this Mexico trip. There was a few blokes who were Manchester United fans, and they didn't like the fact that Mason Mount had joined Manchester United and taken the number seven shirt. And they thought that that was the reason why he was having a confidence like low point is because he was unable to fulfil the number seven shirt. Football's full of these ridiculous theories. Ultimately, I think it's just a number on the back of your shirt. I think that might be right. But thank you for clearing that up. What would you pick as your number, Sue? Eighteen. 18? Yes, yeah, my birthday. Oh, is it? Jan 18. We're skiing together for my birthday. Oh, yes, we are. Don't we send middle class? Look at us, two broadcasters skiing on your birthday. What a lie. <laughs> 
Um, thank you so much for everyone who sent in the emails and the questions. Please do keep it up. Now, worth uh, pointing out what's going on in our fantasy oh, yeah. football teams. I can't believe there's now 1,300 teams in the Pick Kick Energy Fantasy League. A big thank you to everyone that's joined and respect if you're swapping players every week to get higher up in the league. On that note, here are the three top teams after the first five games. In third place with 240 points is Gunners for Life. Number two is Cackles FC with 245 points. But hats off to Samantha Pig and Jones, who is top of the league. That's ahead of 1,300 other teams. Samantha manages The Legend FC. Brilliant stuff, Samantha. Lovely stuff. The Legend. Big fan of that. Is that that a Zellum pun? I assume Zellum. The Legend. The Legend. I don't know, Samantha, get in touch. But that's fantastic. You're top of the league. I mean, maybe you should go for the Chelsea manager's job. Oh, that's a good idea. That's a really good idea. Where are we? Oh, Suze, I'm having a shocker. Uh, Last time I checked, it began with a five. Right. Last time I checked, it began with a three. Oh, God. Yeah, I'm having a shocker. I think I need to make some transfers. I think I want to get that Turland from Brighton. Oh, she's, she's brilliant. And in the nicest possible way, I've got Rachel Daly, but because of Villa's absolute mare, I can't believe you're. you're uh, I might have to. I might have to to, to make a transfer there as well. Unbelievable! Unbelievable! Right, here are the games that are coming up this weekend to look forward to. Top of the table: Chelsea take on Everton. It's third versus fourth as Spurs play Liverpool. Bristol City host Aston Villa in a bottom of the table clash. Who who would you root for out of them two? Still Bristol City know. or surely Villa have got to get one? The idea of a bottom of the table clash just sounds so disappointing, doesn't it? Before you even got on the pitch. Oh, West Ham, who have only won once this season, take on the undefeated Man United. Man City have only lost once, take on the Seagulls of Brighton. And amazingly, if Leicester City beat Arsenal, they could leapfrog over them. I mean, this is amazing. This is amazing. Isn't it just? Right, that's a wrap from us. Please email us at bigkickenergypod at gmail.com. Find us on the gram, Big Kick Energy Pod. Please share, like and tell your mates about this award-winning podcast. And can I just say, Goosey, it's been so nice to have you back. Aww. I was a bit stressed last week without you. Oh, yes. I'm so delighted to have you back, mate. Yeah, I was a bit stressed, but it was it was fine. You didn't sound stressed. I listened to it. You didn't sound stressed. Did you do your nice breathing I did. Exercises? Thank you for saying that. I did. Well um, done. But well done. Uh, goosey and pacey for life. Suze, if ever you think you're bad at your job, do not worry. Mm-hmm. I saw a story this week that really made me chuckle. And it was from the men's game. So we're allowed to laugh. The <laughs> Arsenal under-18s team, they were meant to go to Brighton for an away game. And they ended up in Bournemouth, which we know from, from many years gigging on the circuit. Not very close. It's not that not close. Very close. It's not that close. So listen, no. everyone makes mistakes. That's a long that's a long old U turn, isn't it? Oof. It really is. Everybody makes mistakes. I listened to the episode when I was gone. You smashed it, mate. And crucially, you didn't go to the wrong place to do <laughs> I've it. I've only got to go to the top of my house. That's true. That's <laughs> that true. makes it sound like I've got the a top massive of your house. house. Makes it sound like you live in the castle from Transylvania. Oh only had to go to the top of the house, you didn't know, we see? You've seen my office. It's, it's just upstairs. She does the podcast like Rapunzel, just with all of her hair flowing out of the top window. Yeah, I do, just like that. I said it was nice to have you back. I'm taking that back. Goodbye, Goose. All right. Bye, Rapunzel. Thank <laughs> you.